Hello, and welcome to the WWIA podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. WWIA founder and CEO John McDaniel is proud to welcome two outstanding American patriots to the WWIA podcast, Mr. Dixon Gunther and Dr. Keith Tidball. They're both avid outdoorsmen and proudly serve as WWIA advisors. Dixon as our senior outdoor instructor and advisor and Keith as our science advisor. Dixon Gunther is a retired United States Army Colonel a highly decorated veteran having served our country over an impressive 25-year career. His awards include the Legion of Merit, Bronze Star, second award, Combat Infantryman's Badge, second award, and the coveted Ranger Tab. He's also a musician, outdoorsman, certified NRA rifle and shotgun instructor, and an avid competitive shooter. Dixon is married to his wife, Katie, and together they have two sons and a daughter and currently reside in San Antonio, Texas. Dr. Keith Tidball serves as Assistant Director of Cornell Cooperative Extension for Veterans, Military Families, and Disaster Education, and is a Senior Extension Associate in the Department of Natural Resources. He's a licensed New York State Guide, has served in the National Guard since 1990, currently a major in the 10th Brigade of the New York Guard, and is a life member of the American Legion. Keith is married to his wife, Moira, and together they have two daughters. Keith and his family reside in the beautiful Finger Lakes region of New York. Let's join the conversation with John, Dixon, and Keith now. Hi, my name is John McDaniel. I'm the founder and chief executive officer for the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, and this is our podcast. Honor, connect, and heal. You know, today is a is a very special day for me personally because I have two of my favorite human beings in the world, uh, other than perhaps my boys, with me in the airstream. We're at Camp Hackett, and uh, it's it's uh, the tenth of July, and uh, I've got Dixon Gunther and Keith Tidball with me. We're in the airstream. Uh, we've got heroes out uh, out there uh, on the 40 running around. We just had our safety symposium. We're just finishing it up. And um, I gotta, I'm going to introduce these guys before I, 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 we, we hear from them because there's a bit of a wind-up here so you guys can, 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 can sense the gravity of the two amazing Americans that are sitting next to me here. So I'm going to start with Dixon. And, um, you know, Dixon Gunther and I first met back in 1992, and he said it was September when I asked him. And it was the for at Fort Benning, uh, Georgia, at the Infantry Officer Advanced Course. And, um, you know, Dixon and I immediately hit it off. He hails from San Antonio now. He's a retired Colonel 06. Uh, several uh, tours in combat, uh, highly decorated, great American. Wife is Katie, uh, two boys, Sean and Jack. And, um, you know, now he's a defense contractor and is doing the military decision-making process stuff at the battalion and brigade uh, level for uh, National Guard. Uh, is it National Guard guys? Yeah. So anyway, um, 
And so welcome to the program, Dixon. Thanks very much for having me. Glad yeah, to be here. Absolutely. And then we'll get back to you in a minute because I'm going to start firing, firing stuff at both of you guys. But Keith Tidball, Dr. Keith Tidball uh, from Cornell University. You can probably hear the four-wheelers in the background. I told the guys not to run them, but they're doing it anyway because they're they don't nobody listens to me but anyway so it's it's keith tidball dr keith tidball from cornell university he's a faculty member um and in the natural resources department and keith's been following us around the foundation for many many years um and he's also a a, a super host he hosts his own events uh under the foundation's umbrella under the wwi umbrella he's been serving heroes he's been collecting data on what the work that we've been doing and just here with the 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 foundation just moments ago uh as sort of the 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 cherry on top of the safety symposium that we just ran with the heroes uh keith took the time to tell the heroes uh what the results of the survey are uh, somewhat p preliminarily, but we've been doing a survey for about a year and a half to collect some primary data uh, that uh, aims to kind of quantify what we're doing and, and how we're doing it and what are the results according to those that we're serving the Purple Heart community. Um, he hails from Seneca Falls, upstate New York, the vicinity of the Finger Lakes. He's a major in the, uh, in the uh, New York uh, National Guard. Welcome to the program, Keith. Thanks, John. It's great to be here in Canada. Camp Hackett again with you. Yeah, so you've both been here at a Camp Hackett, and um, and uh, so you you guys got up here what two or three days ago, something like that. Yeah, three days ago. So, yeah, and you've yeah. been fishing already. Oh, quite a bit. Yeah, every quite, chance quite. we get. Yeah. So here we're the, the 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 heroes and I. Not all of them, but just there's a handful of them here staying at Camp Hackett. And uh, in town in the vicinity, the uh, you know Phillips, Wisconsin, which is in the Northwoods, that's where Camp Hackett is. There's a little town called Phillips, and you guys are staying in a little B and B or something like that. Yeah, and then and and fishing, and and now after this, what are you guys doing? You want to answer that? Yeah, sure. Um, and and just one alibi fire, I would be yeah. remiss if I didn't mention Mariel. Oh, Muriel. Oh, my and gosh. Did I screw that up? You know, she's like one of the prettiest little girls I've ever seen. She's not even a girl, little girl anymore. She's a, how old is Muriel? Uh, she will be 17 in August. She's beautiful. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate it. Anyway, yeah. back to answer your question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we are sturgeon or uh, as you were musky fishing with uh, John Carlson tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And then going over to link up with uh, Tom Shank and um, Chris Whalen uh, on the about two hours west of here. Yeah. And we're going to fish with Chris, uh, I think, Thursday and Friday. Yeah. So uh, big adventures happening in the North That's right. Yeah. Well, it's Camp Hackett. It's Camp Hackett. That's what you got to do. It's part of the program. If you came up here to do, you know, like underwater basket weaving, you came to the wrong place. Right? <laughs> sure. So, but you guys are both like, we're all like, okay, so why, how, how, what do you reckon? I'll let you, Keith, you take the first whack at this and then, and then we'll go, I'll go off to Dixon. This is all unscripted. So we're just going to kind of make it up as we go along. But I mean, what, what, what do you, why do you reckon, um, you know, Keith, that you, you and I hit it off and, and that you, you know, you're here, you've been, you know, we've been, we've known each other for, you know, 13 years or something like that. But, you know, what do you, what do you reckon the, you know, the, the, you know, the connective tissue is there? Oh, there's a couple of things, obviously, right off the, yeah. right off the bat. Um, we're both 11B type people. Right. That's infantry. Uh, that, that, starts, those that, that starts the conversation. Tracking. 
And I and I saw you for the first time back in September of 2010 with uh, a really cool truck <laughs> and a logo that seemed to indicate um, the convergence of most of the, the important interests that I have, hunting and outdoor recreation and service to your country and so forth. Yep. And then and then I met you. I got to, I I took the initiative to walk up and say, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you you and your your colleagues here look like my kind of people, especially yep. since we met on a pheasant hunt on a, a, a pheasant preserve. That's right. So yeah. those things immediately jumped out. And that, but what happened next, I think, is the, the real synergy. And that was I said, hey, I'm a I'm a scholar. I'm a, I'm a scientist now, mm-hmm. not, a, not a leg. I guess I'm always a leg, but a hundred pound head <laughs> for those that are, you know, he's like the smartest guy I know. And you were opening. I mean, you you welcomed me with 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 open arms to say, yeah, if you're interested in checking out what's going yeah. on here, you know, come on. And and not soon after that, uh, I was here at Camp Hackett, and you know, Field and Stream was here, and I met all these yeah. folks, and I met Dixon for, for the very first yeah. time on that trip. What do you reckon, you friend. two? What do you reckon, you two, are go back like car seats now, Dixon? Why don't you whack at that? Why take a whack at that? Pinata? Yeah, sure. Um, and as Keith just said, we uh, we met. Uh, April of 2012 on this piece of property. You and um, Keith did? Yes. At, during the Field and the Stream exactly. deal that we had. Day. Hero yeah. for a day. Absolutely. The, the one prior to yeah. the boots going going down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, and that, that was the one if uh, if I recall correctly where we you know did all the tree planting and yeah, so on. About 100 so trees, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some of which are still, well they're all out there somewhere. In the nursery, remember the Remember the the nursery we created? Sure. Have you guys seen that lately? We got to run down there I'd and take a look that, at that. Actually. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty crazy. So ten years ago, we had uh, Field and Stream recognize the foundation, you know, as you know, for their Hero Four Day program, and and we asked you know the community to pour out and support that. And I don't know how many people showed up, but it was it was a lot, you know, close to a hundred. About people from the community, there's a lot of people out here in Field and Stream, and they were videoing or you know creating a, a short little movie, I guess. And um, anyway, it was a lot of fun. That's uh, I, I remember. Um, of course, I remember both of you being here, um, and it was it was you know it was it was a good time. It was, it was a long time ago, but that nursery back there has really taken off. It's 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 pretty cool. So anyway. Um, yeah, so here's what I want to know about, and, and for those of you uh, that probably, most of you probably don't know this, but, you know, Dixon and I were in the, like I said in the opener, we're in the advanced course together, and then, um, and I'll tell a story, and you can correct me, Dixon, or, or you know, add add your two cents in, but as I recall it, um, you know, year-long course at Fort Benning. This is a course that's designed to 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 uh, teach the the captains, the O threes, um, you know, to prep prep them for you know command, and then that's what this is. So this is a this is a year-long course, or was a, you know a, a year-long course uh, to do that. And we were in the same small group together, which meant that we saw each other for about I don't know five or six months every single day. Pretty much and a group of maybe 10 or 12 in our group and I remember there was and I'm sorry if there's anybody listening to this I'm just gonna say it because I don't even care but you know I would say there was like you know three or four dudes in that in our class that I was like okay let me find the shooters one two three and you know in, in 
you know, included myself, maybe there are four dudes in there that I thought immediately I was like, okay, you know, all these other guys, you're in the also ran category, you know, <laughs> but Doug, Doug, you know, Doug Christman was in that group. who turned out to be a two-star general. And then, so what happened, that was the S3 for the course, you know, there's a great distinction, not, you know, <laughs> so I got, I got stuck with being a student leader, which is, you know, leading your peers is like, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe that in a course like that, but you know, I had to get up uh, damn damn near every mo- every morning in the blue bedroom to how many people you think were in that course? Uh, if I recall correctly, there was a, around two hundred. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, so about about two hundred like or so. Yeah, so I had to get up in front of these, you know, captains. They're all, you know, knuckle dragon meat eaters, and go, all right, everybody, give me your attention. You know, humma humma, and pass out information. And one of the pieces of information I had that I didn't go public with was they told me that hey, we got like three or four slots opening up for Alaska, and um, I had I, I I was supposed to go to Fort Drum, and I didn't want to go to Fort Drum. I wanted to go to Alaska, and I wanted to be airborne in Alaska. And so I'm like, okay, if there's th- three slots. You know, back at the, that in the day, you could swap or change. So I got my stuff changed, and I think I went to you. I remember it was a formation. It was like Mech Week or something, and I pulled you aside, and I'm like, "Dude, there's a slot for Alaska," and you're like, "Ah, uh, yeah, you're you're real close." <laughs> okay. Um. So all all of the aforementioned is correct. The uh, what what happened was <laughs> on the very first day of Mech Week, and just by way of uh, backing up to that, so when I showed up to the to the advanced course, I had orders to brag, and uh. Uh, and the branch guys showed up and they're like, uh, "Yeah, you've you've been uh, you've been deleted. Uh, you're going to Lewis," and Lewis was my second choice, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, uh, Lewis for me, Fort so Lewis, not, Washington." Yeah, so, yeah. so I got yeah, yes, yeah, so. so um, <laughs> So anyway, um, day one of Mech Week, they came out and uh, and they had just announced that every or backside, they had said that everybody that was um, they said we hey we got a we got one slot open for Alaska and you were I, I turned around and looked at you because I knew you were going to Alaska and said what do you think and you're like dude go for it. we'll be hunting and fishing buddies you right. know and what's interesting is that so i i jumped on it and everyone that was had orders to lewis got deleted and either retained at benning or sent to korea so mm. you know it, you talk about divine intervention yeah but yeah that's that's how that went down so we, we dixon and i end up spending um it's usually a three-year tour right so I was there for about a year, and then I was, you know, politicking my way to get south of the range, you know, 350 miles south of Fairbanks so I could command um, at, at Fort Rich or the first of the 501st Airborne, because uh, north of the range there wasn't any airborne other than a division staff, which I wasn't really interested in being on any longer. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, so I, I was successful. I had to have an, there was an act of Congress literally to do an inner theater transfer full PCS within the same year. So that's why everybody was like, you're not, you're never going to get down there. And I'm like, well, we'll see about that. 
And <laughs> anyway, I made a, I didn't make any friends doing it, but I usually don't make a lot of friends anyway. <laughs> you uh, you reminded me of something, uh, which was the the when we were first first handful of days that we were in Tom Cleary's uh, small group there. Um, I remember uh, we were having to brief uh, our uh, IPB intelligence yeah. preparation of the battlefield. Yeah. And I, uh, I used the analogy of tree stand hunting. And when I said that, you know, when I was describing yeah. my IPB, both you and Doug were like, Rrr. yeah, snap. Right on, right on. So yeah, we had this great time. We won't bore you with the details. I'll come back to Alaska because I want to ask you uh, to you know, give me your 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 fondest memory of of our time in Alaska, um, of which there was a lot. We were on the division staff. We were uh, the division tactical command post battle captains, and it's running mates. You know, running down two single captains. You know, downrange, uh, either hunting, fishing, or at the crazy loon saloon um, or some other, you know, place like that, uh, just causing all kinds of trouble. It was just awesome. You lived in a geodesic dome. You know, I lived in the bush, you know, I mean, we drank more rogue, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was it? Rogue, rogue smoke was the, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is great beer. I picked up on the way. I think it was in Oregon. I, I brought a case and then we got turned on to this, this beer and it was like, man, I don't know how much of it we drank, but it was a lot. <laughs> so, anyway, so let me let me switch back to Dr. Keith Tidball because um, I've got, uh, you know, I want to I want to say a couple of things about you uh, there, uh, Keith. You, you, uh, you know, you are you are a host. OK, and you got your 10 year anniversary coming up. Um, you've got all these wonderful accomplishments. You're, you're a faculty member at one of the most prestigious universities on the planet. It's an Ivy League school, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, you, you know, you're also a major in the in the in New York Guard, uh, and you've been following the foundation. And and not only have you been following the foundation, you've been hosting heroes. So you are on the you you are. You know, on the pointy end of the spear in terms of the healing work that we're doing. You just disclosed to the to the guides. We have the guides up here right now uh, for the safety symposium. You just disclosed to them and to myself um, the results, the preliminary results of over 200 uh, surveyed combat wounded Purple Heart recipients about our work. And I would love for you to tell the world right now preliminarily so without letting you can let the cat out of the bag a little bit or as much as you want but i'd like you to tell us first part is a what's it like to be a host what's it doing for you and what's it doing for your community that's part one and part two is you know what is this data what does this data say you know i mean just 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 uh, you know wave tops on that okay so I appreciate the opportunity to talk about all those things and they're very interconnected. I, you know, I remember when you gave me the green light to do some initial research, it was mostly interviewing and you, you gave me a hot list of, these are the, these are the events that you need to go check out. And yep. Mocan was one of them. And so I went down there and met those great folks down there at Mocan and had a great time and did a bunch of survey work. And I also participated in their fundraising uh, banquet at the end. Yeah. And so did Dixon, by the way, you were on that event too. Yep, yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and, uh, it was an eye opener. And I decided right then that beyond or parallel to, or independent of 
my research, I wanted to be involved in mm. hosting an event and I want to do it like Mocan does it. Do you remember what you said to me? Not exactly. I do. I remember exactly what you said. What to me. You pulled me aside at the banquet and you, you know, get this real serious look on, uh, on your face and you go, is this the standard? You looked at me <laughs> and go, is, is this the standard? I mean, and, and for those, you know, in the infantry, anyway, the standards are everything. And, you know, the, the three of us probably have, you know, I mean, our standards, we probably have standards for everything we do from tying our shoes to, you know, you know how many Cheerios we put in the bowl, you know. But, um, you know, so you asked me that, is this the standard? And I, and I had to pause for a moment because, you know, at that at that point, you know, I, I had, you know, I'd seen a, we had lots of missions going on and, and I was hesitant to say, yeah, Mocan's the standard, but I think my answer was something like, you know, th this is this is the eight hundred pound gorilla. You know, these guys have, you know, if this could be replicated, you know, then uh, even in small part, you'd be doing real good. And and you yeah, something like that. And I remember you getting a north south nod, and then off you went. Yeah, I off I went indeed. I was like, I'm doing this, and. Uh, you know, I went back to a great group of friends and, and community there in Seneca Falls and our sportsman's club, Cooney Town Sportsman's Club, and mm -hmm. my best bro there, you know, Eric Regal. And I said, what do you think? And and everybody was so all in. I mean, it was just a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we scaled it because Mocan's, like you say, it's it's big. Yeah. Um, we scaled it to what would work for our community, and here we are coming up on, on, on 10 years. Um, and I have more support than than I had last year or the year before that, and it grows every year. What do you do on your event? It's called the Finger Lakes Ducks and Bucks. So we do it's right over the Veterans Day holiday every year, mm. and we do we host um, four you know combat wounded veterans, uh, Purple Heart recipients for whitetail deer hunting, as well as waterfowl hunting, and we try to mix that up in such a way that. Uh, there's a lot of variety and diversity throughout the four-day or five-day trip. It's vacillated between a four- and five-day outing. Um, definitely subscribe to, you know, what, what you created in your alchemy of the recipe. And that, the, you know, two days isn't enough. Three days is barely enough. And if you can do more, then, then do it. So we do it. Um, and, and we also try to make sure and... and embed, I guess, our, our, our guests with the community in a couple of different ways throughout that event. They eat quite a few meals at our sportsman's club and get different groups of people filtering in and out that without making a scene, you know, actually make them feel welcome in that community. And then we, and then we, we gift them at the end with a going away banquet and mm -hmm. also um, a life membership to our sportsman's club. And what's really cool, I think about our event is how many participants come back independent of the foundation mm -hmm. although it's never independent of the foundation yeah, yeah. they come back and and just say hey to their friends to their their club their family their their adopted sort of community so you know th those those moments where they come back are are affirming beyond the data that i'm collecting that we're connecting we're healing we're yeah. we're honoring yeah, no, that's uh, I've been I've been there uh, to your club and and have had the the pleasure of of meeting your community and and seeing uh, you know your your event and it's just nothing short of uh, impressive and you're you're a tremendous fundraiser as well um, you know just kind of you know a nose for the objective and I'm you know super proud you know of of what you're accomplishing up there and I know you're you're changing you're you're changing lives so. Um, 
So tell us what, what's this? You know, the survey that you've been you've been collecting. You've been we, here's how it works, right? At the end of the event, the guides, the the Purple Heart guides that we have that are leading these activities, ask the heroes, those that we're serving, uh, to do a little survey. You know, hey, take a little time out here, and here's a link, and yada yada, and do a little survey, which we devised uh, with the obviously under the tutelage of Cornell University. And I think my my sister and my sister Karen helped uh, you know a little mm-hmm. bit with that. Sure. She she's got a lot of experience in surveys and data and yada yada. And so we ended up shaping this thing, and 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 you you know approved it and said yeah this is good. Well, and you've been helping us with it. And and so you know we've have interviewed or sorry received data from over two hundred. I think it's two hundred and four right now. I think we're shooting for three hundred um, total. And it might take us another you know year or so to get there, but. Um, what does the data say? I mean, just, 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 you know, roughly speaking, you know, as a scientist, because that's what you are, you know, what is the data indicating? Indicating is the right word, and it's a strong indication. So this isn't some sort of a heavily caveated preliminary thing. Mm-hmm. You know, at an N of 200, an N meaning the number of uh, respondents that we have of 204, I feel pretty confident in preliminarily saying Mm -hmm. that these data indicate that there are a number of features or facets of these outings that these Purple Heart recipients go on through Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation that serve as protective factors. Okay. Uh, Protective factors that are the kinds of things that protect an individual from negative ideation, uh, protect an individual from mental health crises, Mm -hmm. uh, and even uh, protect an individual from suicidal thoughts or even attempting suicide. Um, So how does an individual get there? Well, PTS and a number of the other things that we all know are part of the story of of combat for some. Mm -hmm. Um, But if left unchecked or if you're not protecting, those things can can manifest themselves in some negative behaviors that could could be fatal. Uh, what the data show, which I'm super excited about, is in in almost every identified or or, or um, in the literature, there's a handful of these protective factors that we should keep an eye on and and enhance mm-hmm. and create pathways to for folks. In almost every one of those, if not every one of those, we see a positive trend for individuals who participate in these events having self-reporting significantly more of the presence of that protective factor than they did before they showed up on our event. So what does that translate to that? Well, that, that means that like we do in the military, when it's time to go out, you know, on patrol, you would put on a, put on a, a, a bulletproof vest. We're protecting veterans, combat wounded veterans from the vagaries of trauma and some of those other sort of related things that end up coming from post-traumatic stress or traumatic brain injuries or other things by giving them these programs, by providing them mm-hmm. protective factors. It's more than it's more than a pill. It's more than a therapeutic intervention. Mm-hmm. It's a protective factor. And it's as a, this is a conveyor belt of those pr- protective factors going to these heroes. Well, that's well said, you know, and and I'm going to say it. I usually don't, I don't usually try to stay away from, you know, curse words, but uh, I'm going to say this um, out loud because I can. And so protect your ears if you don't like to hear the S word because it's coming. You wrote on the top 
of uh, and this was just for us. It was inside baseball, you know, uh, on a little PowerPoint slide as you're, you're, you were you were uh, presenting the data. You know, does this shit work? You know, mm-hmm. question mark meaning does the foundation's uh, you know recipe this honor connect heal? You know, does this work? Right? Question mark. And then and then you presented the data. And so, what's the simple what's the simple answer to that question? I think it's profound how how well it works at providing measurable protective factors for combat wounded veterans who've experienced trauma. Yeah. And so we're losing a foundation in its 17 years of existence. We only know of one and that's even questionable, I guess. But we know of one individual who's taken his life by suicide in 17 years that's joined our program one yet uh, across the country on a daily basis we're losing between 20 and the number they the numbers 22 veterans a day to suicide now i don't know i, I mean I, I don't know what's in the soup there but um it losing one veterans too much you know i mean it's just we've got to do something you know and and i hope people will take 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 note on the fact that hey you know What's important here, you know, honor these great Americans, whether they were in combat and got wounded, you know, in my opinion, it, you know, doesn't matter. It just happens to be the population that, that the, my, our foundation focuses on the combat wounded. But, you know, that's a very, very tiny percentage of, of veterans writ large. Right. It just is not, a, you know, very, very few guys actually earn the Purple Heart and get wounded. You know, it's like less than one percent. So there's all these other veterans out there that serve their country and need more of this. They don't need any more stitches. They don't need any more pills. They need more of this. And this is connecting them with each other. Uh, connecting them with the great outdoors, connecting them with with, with 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 communities and people who care, surrounding them with the outdoors, you know, and all of that, all of those layers yield healing, right? Absolutely. Yes. And, and that's I would, where I would we're say at. All of those layers add healing, and that's true of all kinds of outdoor recreation. Yes. Sure. However, the other thing that I think is profoundly important in terms of what these data show is, mm-hmm. despite what people think about hunting, or firearms being involved in, yeah. in, in therapeutic treatments for, for yeah. veterans. Despite what those assumptions, most of them not well-informed, are, right. these data show that in particular, hunting, because of its comprehensiveness, because of its relationship to who we are as humans from the mm-hmm. beginning of time, mm-hmm. because it's such a comprehensive approach, it's able to provide so many different types of protective factors yeah instead of just a single one well you said you said a long time ago i think you were on, you're actually on film is saying this and field field and stream got it but you know you were like you know ever since you know man you know was carrying clubs and sitting around a fire talking about you know what they went out and killed and are now eating you know sharing stories etc i mean it goes back to the time where you know Essentially, you know, we're Cain Club Abel, right? I mean, it's, yeah. and before that, you before know, that. I mean, way before <laughs> that, actually, you know, when we were just our knuckles were dragging on the ground, you know, there's something about, you know, being a predator, not just a predator, but the apex predator, you know, like our head, our eyes are set forward in our head for a reason, you know, where our brains got big because we were eating protein, not leaves, right? Yes. And, and so that's that, you know, there's something primal about that. I, I you think know. that's right. And I think that that's what we've got to convince those that are in the medical field about. So, yeah. you know, there's this this community of folks doing things, you know, whether it's equine or 
forest yeah. bathing or whatever. And, it, and collectively, it's outdoor RX. The RX meaning prescription. I think the, the bottom line is that what I'm super excited about in terms of these data mm-hmm. is that we're getting closer to the ability to say, you need to go on a Wounded Warriors in action trip and I'm writing you a script for it. Right. Because it's... It's, it's a dosage. It's an, an important intervention and yeah. treatment, and and it serves as a protective factor. Well, thanks for what you've done, man. I mean, it's just it's it's you know, I mean, a lot of what your your work is a little you know beyond the, the you know the most of of what the average human could possibly do in terms of a you know a scientific approach to something that you know we all look at as a normal activity, right? But um, you you dig into it and you've you know you're revealing some things that are really really um innovative and i think are opening a lot of eyes and you know i'll just tell you out there it's not just about going out there and hunting or catching something and killing it and eating it i mean that's that's honest to god that's probably about honestly uh, over the course of the weekend you know that's probably a long weekend like a four-day event you know that's probably like 10 percent of the time you know and the 90 percent of the rest of the time what are we doing we're you know we're enjoying nature. We're enjoying each other. You know, there's camaraderie. There's, you know, we're enjoying great meals. You know, so there's all these things going on. Anyway, it's it's just it's 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 quite incredible. We we appreciate what you've done, and we really look forward to ultimately, you know, being able to put a bow on this package of the data and and say, hey, this is what it is, um, and 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 use it to hope hopefully convince others uh, that uh, that that need convincing, maybe that have can control some resource and say hey you know we need more of this and here's some resource i.e money to do more of this and that's kind of what we're hoping for right i mean that's what i think anyway so i'm gonna dixon's been very quiet over there so i'm I'm gonna ping i'm gonna ping you buddy um you know um i gotta say i wrote down two things on here you know i was gonna i was gonna slide it across the table and show you what i wrote but i just forgot because i was listening to to keith intently but i wrote down guitars and guns (laughs) and dixon's dixon's very quietly nodding his head you know north and south now so i'll tell you here's a great story for for everybody i i play guitar but i don't play nearly as well as dixon does i mean dixon's a phenomenal you're a phenomenal uh, musician um you know especially with the guitar and um and banjo you play the banjo as well and i remember sitting in the, we're in the airstream now but up but before the airstream was here we had this 40 foot fifth wheel and dixon came up here when was the first time you were up here we were deer hunting when was that plus that minus was, uh 2007 uh and it was deer season so yeah it was yeah. november yep yeah november of 07 right so i i, I had a guitar i had an alvarez which I still have, and uh, you know, had it had it shoved in the closet. Uh, now it's it's there in Florida. I almost brought up. I got a Taylor Parlor guitar. I should have brought that up here, um, but it, but I don't have a guitar with us or, or with me right now. But anyway, so we're sitting there in 2007. I'm like, you know, dude, I've been trying to get that. You know, you know that 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 Joe Walsh. You know, life's been good. You know that 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 acoustic riff that that he cranks off. You know, throughout that song, but he opens with it. You know. You know which one I'm talking about? Absolutely. Yeah. So I go, do you? I said, I just, I can't get it, man. You know? And you go, let me see that. And you grab the guitar and you didn't do anything. I was watching him, man. I was, I'll never forget this. I like watching you and I'm like, let's see what he's going to do with this. And you, first off, you didn't do anything. You just had the guitar in your hand and I could tell you were thinking, 
And then he just like went right into it, you know, and he just note for note, it was just brilliant, man. Um, so I'd like you to, to, to tell us, uh, you know, I mean, I know you're, you're quiet about it, but I mean, you love guitars, you love guns, you forgot more about, you know, firearms than most people know. You're a certified NRA instructor. Anybody's got any questions whatsoever about firearms, ammunitions, any ammunition, you're the guy, man. I mean, you're, you're, you're the guy. How many guitars do you own? Uh, I think right now it's probably five. Uh, but I'd have to think about it. Yeah. So what? Wh why guitar? Uh, interesting question because uh, I never, I never started out to play guitar. I I started on uh, classical piano lessons at like eight, and uh, and you know took ten years of classical piano with a pistol screwed in my ear. <laughs> um, Who did that? Your dad or your mom? Well, just you know, but. I guess the point is I, I, I had to play, you know, I had to practice, I don't remember half hour, hour a day or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and you didn't like it. Well, you know, and I was fairly accomplished at it, but for whatever reason, um, Christmas of my eighth grade year, my dad, who also played guitar and banjo, mm -hmm. um, just sua sponte and got me a guitar. And because the guitar was, piano was very regimented and because guitar was not i didn't take lessons for guitar i just you know i just started playing it mm -hmm. but i used to play that you know like five hours a day or whatever i mean i i it, it was a release because it wasn't regimented right. and sort of the rest is sort of history do you do you read do you do you read you read music too if you I, want but you not when you play guitar no I, but you can read music. i don't do you know I, tabs do you use the tabs at all i don't you just play right that's awesome that's this um now you know i've listened to you play and um uh now how would you define your style of, of guitar play. I know he's smiling right now because <laughs> uh, I, I, I would have, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, if somebody said, Hey, describe how Dixon plays guitar. I'd be like, you know, I, I'm shaking my head thinking I, I, I wouldn't even know how to do that. I, I would say, uh, my, you know, I've played a little of everything obviously over the years, but, uh, my primary focus is on flat picking bluegrass. Yeah. You like it. That's what you that that that's, that's what that's what I that's what I aspire to. Let's put it that yeah. way. Well, you're you know? very good at it. You really are. I mean, it's it's just, it's it's. It was, I, I love listening to you play. It's I it's amazing. It. Yeah. So uh, if you if you if somebody said, "Hey, man, you can just you, you get all these guitars and banjos. You can just you can only keep one of them. The rest of them got to go. What's staying?" Uh, probably my 1974 uh, Martin D35 acoustic yeah you don't do you even own an electric guitar i do i've got a fender strat plus deluxe which is a fancy way of saying it's in 1989 they put um fender lace pickups and a maple neck on a strat and that's yeah. what it is Turn, yeah. you know and as you know you you know i can remember keith keith actually uh enlightening me on the significance of adirondack spruce tops um but uh you know you just or or let's use let's bring this a little closer to home so yeah. uh pete townsend's 52 telecasters that yeah. he used as his backup guitars on uh you know who's next or whatever that's what he cut relay on you know sort of thing there are certain vintages of guitars that that are 
much sought after. Yeah. And the that particular strat ended up being one that, you know, it was a good vintage. What year did you say? 74? Did you say? What the year? Martins is 74. The the strats in 89. 89. 89. Okay. okay, right on. Right. Cool, man. But yeah. uh, if I may, yeah. I mean, the I, I have, I guess, sort of two significant guitar memories where our paths crossed. The first was just uh just prior to me uh being stationed in australia and i came to you were in alexandria virginia at the time and um i think is the detailer at uh at army space oh, yeah. um and and i was coming down there to you know uh cross t's and dot i's at, at uh stovall or at you know Perscom. right prior to prior yep. to being out yep. of the net for a couple of years um and uh, and you you were looking to pick out a guitar, and you took me to some custom guitar. It was a it was a high end guitar shop in I want to say Old Town. Yeah, Alex. Yep. Um, yep. Alexandria. Yeah, sure did. And we went in, and the uh, it was only the two of us in the shop, and they had signs up everywhere. No, uh, hey, no picks. Yeah, they and, don't want you uh, dinging up their stuff. And so they um, they. You know, and we looked through a bunch of stuff. Um, we ended up, uh, but after the guy heard me heard me play, you know, with my fingers, he's like, "Yeah, you can go ahead and use a pick." Right. <laughs> but uh, and what's interesting is my the the guitar we picked out of that was a Graven. Um, yes. And my brother ended up getting a custom made Graven that. after that. That's that's the first one. The second one is um, that you know your uh, your. Pete Townsend model Gibson that I helped pick out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. SJ 200. SJ, yeah. SJ 200. You know, just that, 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 there's nothing that sounds like that guitar, man. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable. I, you know, it's, it's sort of, to me, it's like, it's like, you know, having a, you know, a Schoenauer man liquor in your hand or, you know, or, uh, you know, a, LC Smith shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. But the idea is this, right? I'm never going to be able to blame that guitar or say, you know, hey, I, I, if I had a better guitar, I'd play better. Yeah, bull. Right. right? You know, it's the same thing with, you know, uh, you know, my pool cue, my fishing rods and all the other things that I, you know, that I have the tools of my trade, if you will. I'm going to I'm going to before we go to guns, I'm going to I'm going to I wrote down here gardens of stone or yeah, gar gardens of stone. I think there was a movie like that, but I'm going to I'm going to go there because I want people to hear this. I love this story. This is actually, and and, and I would like I, you and I haven't talked about this in a long time, but I want to I want to I want to say it because there's some good there's some there's some there's some good good stuff here. Um, so your dad was also a colonel, and and he was in the medical service branch in the army. He that's correct. Yeah, Jack. Yes. Yes. And so Jack passes. A Cornell and, alum, by the way. I did yes. not know yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. he was Cornell. Yes, sir. A, 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 a doctor from Cornell. Yes. Holy cow! I didn't know that. Well, there you go. So that's that's part of our connection. Okay, well, perfect. Right. Well, there you go. That's a learning experience for me as well. <laughs> Brilliant. So anyway, um, I think it, the time frame is nineteen ninety nine. 98, 99? 97. 97. Okay, 97. Yeah. All right. So 1997, I'm in Colorado Springs. The phone rings. It's you. And you're like, uh, you know, tell me that your, your, your dad has passed. And then you ask me if I would, uh, you know, 
do you, the owner of, you know, participating in the activity with the first family? And I was like, you know, deep breath. Absolutely. And so, you know, I remember, um, you know, it's me, you, Derek, your brother, and your now for those that don't know, so Jack, Jack, your dad is being buried in Arlington, at, you know, in Arlington National Cemetery. Right. We're all the we're, we're the who's who in the zoo. If you wear a uniform, that's what they call the gardens of stone. Right. Right. In Arlington, and and oh by the way, the guy in charge of the old guard, the the commander of the old guard unit that's going to lay your your father to rest yep. with full case on. Okay, in a horse-drawn carriage yep. is a guy that we commanded together with. Correct way. And Mike, Mike Mann. Mann. Yep. Exactly. And so all these things are just like the lights are going, you know. I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted it in any other way. And I had never in my life I had ever been part of a procession like that. And you told me beforehand, you go, uh, I don't know if it was beforehand or it was disclosed, you know, while, while there. But when they put the first family up, the government puts the first family up in what I would call uh, quaint quarters. They're not extravagant, but they're adequate and appropriate and, and clean and nice before the, that evening, before the uh, individual, the deceased, is being laid to rest. Correct? Yep. You, and I've got my uniform. You've got your uniform. Your brother Derek is not in the military, and he's watching you and me get our stuff ready to go. We're polishing our brass. We're polishing our boots. You know the Kiwis out, and we had a little brown water going. You know, and so on the on the ta- or on the on the uh, credenza is a is the urn where your father's remains are, and you told me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm like I just I love this story. That's why I sent you that picture the other day. I sent Dixon a Dixon a picture. I was in a I was doing a little antiquing just to have him to come across a little antique shop. Uh, I was up here in northern Wisconsin. I went in and I found an old uh, Folgers coffee can. You know, it said Fol- You know, an antique Folgers coffee can that said that said their their slogan. You know, Folgers good to the last drop. It's and Ma- I, it's Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah. Sorry, right, pardon me. Of course, <laughs> God love you, man. I mean, I, my whole life you've been correcting me, and I, I need it. I'm the guy that that gets it kind of right most of the time. So anyway, Maxwell House, good to the last drop. And um, and so you told me that you know one of your father's uh, you know wishes was to be buried because he had a great sense of humor, right? Yeah. You know, to be buried, you know, in a in a in a Maxwell House. A coffee can that said, you know, good to the last drop. True? It, true statement. And he was sitting, he was there while we're doing this. Yep. It's nine ten o'clock at night. We're sharing stories. We're having a little bit of uh, whiskey. And as we're getting our uniform ready, and your brother's over there watching us. And just being, you know, quiet and polite and just watching, you know, the two captains go at it. And uh, he goes, you know, this is Derek now. He breaks out out of nowhere and he goes, you know, um, I asked Dad if he uh, lived with regret, and you cocked your head like, and you looked at him with that look like, okay, I'm waiting for this one, and you go, well, what'd he say? And Derek goes, well, yeah, he, uh, he you know, he, he said that he, he that he did live with regret, and uh, and you go, okay, well, you know, then what, you know, and and he goes, well, 
Uh, the only thing he said was, uh, you know, it's better to regret the things in life that you've done than the things that you have not. Remember that? I do. I, I quote that. I quote that not infrequently when it's appropriate and it strikes me that way. But that's something that I just thought was just absolutely brilliant, you know. And, um, you know, I'm sorry I didn't get to know your dad better. better. I didn't mean to turn this down that, that, that road, but... Um, I know you were close to your dad, and, and I know his that anniversary is not long ago because I remember seeing a picture on Facebook. But um, that that to me was a very very you know meaningful uh, part of my life. Yeah, I'll put a I'll put a cherry on top of that story. The uh, the two two important clarifications. So John and I took command of rifle companies within uh, it was like a month to the day of one another or thereabouts yeah, in and alaska in alaska right and and um, and commanded you know almost to the day to the you know same yeah. time and my folks had come up and uh, and you you actually met my dad at my relinquishment of command yep. ceremony yep um and so that that's that's one thing what i recall of the story is that you came uh, you came to his funeral um, of your own accord. I did not ask, um, mm. and that just to support me, which you know, which mm. I sincerely appreciated. And and just to fast forward, your dad passed, and I was in Afghanistan and yeah. could not return. You know, reciprocate, yeah. and I regretted that. Um, because you had been there for me. I had always intended to be there when your dad passed. But the other thing that was cool about that particular story that you're telling is, so yes, the, the, my dad had a 1920s, uh, you know, Maxwell House coffee can. I almost did it myself. Maxwell House coffee can that said good to the last drop on the lid. And, uh, and, and we were both, you know, curious. Okay, well, what's this look like? You know, so we took the, the lid off the can and look down in there, and of course, there's the you know bag of ash or whatever. Yeah. And as you say, we had just been getting our our uniform accoutrement accoutrement you know ready. Right. And uh, and I picked up the uh, I had an extra um, dress blue Ranger tab, and uh, and I held it in my hand, and you looked at looked at me and said, "Yeah, go for it." And I put that in the can with, in, you know, in the can yeah, with his ashes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's crazy what you remember, right? I mean, it's funny because, uh, you know, our, our memories, I mean, that, what, what, this was, geez, 97, you said? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, some, some water's going under that bridge, but yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to ask, I'm going to ask Keith a, a, a couple of, uh, you know, just a quick couple of qu questions here. First off, I, I you know, um, you know, do, what's you know, you've been doing this you know stuff with the foundation, like we said, for you know quite some time. You're coming up on your tenth tenth year. Do you have a story, uh, a particular thing in your head? I mean, when you if you if somebody said, yeah, you can just 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 tell one story, 
you know, about your activities up there in, 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 in New York or your travels with the foundation, because like you said, you know, you came, you, you know, you followed us around, you've been to a lot of activities, man, and you've been to some cool and seen some and done some cool stuff and talked some great Americans and it doesn't have to be on your event, but if you just had to, you know, neck it down to one story, one event, one thing that really stands out in your mind regarding, you know, the work that we do. What would you say that is? Can you, you got something like that? Yeah, I do. Um, and apologies to those listening from Seneca Falls. This is not going to be about our awesome event. Um, this is about the event that happens up in Alaska fishing. Um, Dixon and I went on that thing to check it out. Yeah. And I went to not only assist him check it out, but also do some research. And we had a good group of guys there. And Two things stand out, both of which are, are related uh, on that trip. One was, you know, what will happen if you're fishing in Resurrection Bay is that you may run into some marine life. Um, there will likely, you'll see some killer whales or other marine life beyond the halibut and whatever else you're, you're hauling up from the depths. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing at, towards the front of the, the, the boat looking aft. And there were three heroes on my right and one on my left. And these killer whales started jumping out of the water and parallel racing the boat. And the the glee and the giggling and the enthusiasm and the, you know, sort of boyish enthusiasm for this miracle was right. just, oh, it was a priceless moment. Uh, That's and, cool, and, man. And, you know, what was really cool was the the killer whales you know chased some porpoises around and, and you, you just the fishing went away the being in nature and, yeah. and the awe of nature was doing its thing so there there was that and then uh same day we end up going watch go over to this little back bay where this glacier is calving mm-hmm. and um chunks of the glacier are floating around and i look at dixon and i said to him hey you know what uh, that looks like and he said what I said, that looks like the chillers for our brown water later. So we grab a couple chunks of of gl- glacier ice. Yeah. Put it. 300,000 year old Yeah, we, glacier put, we put ice. it in the cooler. Go back to, to, to John's, uh, John Moline's place there. And, and, and after the dinner, I have our, our, our single cocktail to celebrate the day's events. And it, the cubes are popping like Rice Krispies. And we realize that that's air. Those yes. are molecules of yes. prehistoric, prehistoric atmosphere right. that we're experiencing. And the guys that are on the trip are experiencing it too. And we're all just marveling at, yeah. at what we are in terms of humans. And the, the insignificance in some ways of the little brief amount of time that we're there and how lucky we are to go see something like we mm-hmm. saw in that bay. That's cool. You know, I I gotta tell you, of all the of all the you know animals on the planet, uh, killer whales are my favorite. They're amazing. Yeah, they are, and 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 they are. They they say that the killer whales are the the T Rex of today, modern world today. There's nothing like out there. Of course, they're in the water, but you know, in terms of of, of you know a predatory animal with, with a thinking brain that's an effective you know a hunter a predator. Uh, man, there's just nothing that can touch them, yeah. and they they hunt in packs. You know, I, I won't go into the graphic details, uh, but if you ever seen them, I saw something on uh, you know TV uh, documentary. I watch them all the time because I'm fascinated by those things. Um, but uh, I watched them go after a, a I actually heard up 
uh, I don't know, a pod or a pack, or I don't know what the technical term is, of narwhal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, folks that don't know what a narwhal is, it's this big gelatinous blob with a horn like a unicorn sticking out of the top of his head, you know, and... They're, I don't know what they're, they, you know, maybe a thousand pounds or something. I mean, they're, big they're animals. big, right? Yeah. Big animals. Well, these, these killer whales, a pot of them, um, uh, you know, cordoned them off. Okay. And then herded them into this small bay. And I, on there, there had to be 50 of them in there at least. And then they just had at them. You know, and I was like, whoa, wow, yeah. daddy, yeah. that's a serious, serious, you know, animal right there. Yeah. Well, and, I, I think the, the cool thing was that the, the the heroes on the foundation trip were, it was like you're watching an episode, you know, like Top Gun or something. They were, yeah. they were yelling, enthusiastically yeah. cheering these things as they breached out of the water yeah. and splashed. Just, that's they were so lost cool. in the moment. Oh, it was man. so amazing. That's it was awesome. Cool. Okay, so uh, listen, we we've got uh, we're I can't believe we just we just we just got an hour into this thing, but we we are we're that we're there. Not not that I should let time you know have have anything to say about our our, our time here together, but um, I'm just going to ask you you know I'm going to start with Dixon you know on uh, on any saved rounds or any, you know something that's on your chest that you're dying to get off. Um, or anything that, uh, you know, in particular that you'd like to uh, mention regarding, you know, your time with the foundation. You, you know, you, you, you were uh, the foundation's chief operating officer for quite a while. And um, I put you on every hard mission we had. You know, I, I told you, I said, man, there's some stuff going on out there that I don't really understand. I've been on it a couple of times. You know, it's dying for some adult leadership and a second set of eyeballs. Um, I don't know that we want to go into some of that. But, um, you know, really, um, throughout that period of time, you know, the formative years of the foundation, um, you know, we were groping for the formula for Coke. And you were an instrumental player in, in, in shaping that space and getting, you know, a, you know, hey, a second set of eyeballs, man. I mean, uh, for me, uh, was critical at the time. And, and, and you, you served, uh, you know, as a, you know, uh, a wonderful, um, you know, number two guy, a, a great, you know, you've got a lot of operational experience more than I do um, in, in the Army, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to, you know, publicly thank you for, for you know, your service. And you continue to do that, you know, have you're at every guide school we do. Uh, you know, I just wanted to publicly thank you for that. And also, you know, thank you for your friendship. Um, you know, I admire you. Um, you know, my network is now your network and vice versa, pretty much. Um, you know, you're just a great American. And, and uh, you know, I, I admire you. Know, and I want to thank you for your service and, and what you've done for me personally. Um, you know, half the time when I'm talking, I'm not sure if I'm listening to myself or, you know, is that something I, is that, is that a John, is that a John McDaniel thing or a Dixon Gunther thing? I don't to me, the lines are completely blurred, but, you know, I just wanted to, you know, express my, uh, you know, complete and sincere thanks to you uh for you know just being one of the most genuine people uh you know and true to thyself and all that you know well i i you're very welcome uh and and likewise i mean not to not to turn this into a mutual admiration society but uh <laughs> but i uh i appreciate the opportunity um you know the the uh yeah but you know i i 
the, my only alibi fire was you asked early on how did how did Keith and I link up and or hit it off. That that was here. That was because of you, yeah. you know, sort of thing. And uh, I can I can remember sitting on the edge of the field. They had introduced Keith and and everybody's sort of doing some butt sniffing and whatnot, and you know, trying to figure out who's who in the zoo. And uh, and you know, and I for whatever reason, you know, ended up talking to Keith, and um, and we just sort of hit it off. And from there. Uh, in the you know subsequent years, just as the stars align, uh, ended up being on several events together. Um, not the least of which was Mocan. Not the least of which was the, the you know John Moline's uh, initial mm -hmm. event there in Alaska, and and I think I was on the first Finger Lakes event as mm -hmm. a matter of fact. You definitely were. But you know, so over the years, and and uh, yeah, and you know, and that friendship mm -hmm. started on this piece of property yeah. thanks to you. Um, so yeah, right back at you. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, you know, um, and I wish you and your, you know, your, your family, both of your families, uh, you know, you're both uh, family men. Um, you got, you know, beautiful families. Um, you know, wish both of you, uh, you know, continued success, you know, there as dads, you know, and, and, uh, you know, Keith, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, same, same, man, you've done, uh, You've done a lot for uh, the foundation. You've done a lot for me personally, and I know the here. You know the work that you've done for and with the heroes. Um, you know it's nothing short of remarkable. And 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 you know you're you both of you. I think are genuine and great leaders. And um, you know I'm proud to say I know you. And uh, I, I'll I'll uh, you know I'll give you a whack there, Keith, at the pinata here before we. Uh, we close this thing. Is there uh, any alibi fires you got? Any saved rounds you wanna you wanna fire at this point? Just just gratitude. Uh, you know when I when I met you and I saw what you were doing, I saw the program, I saw how you were you know rolling out this thing, and then got the opportunity to come look at it first firsthand here and, and then get involved with these things. I just I, I I knew myself with my own issues that I believed in your mission mm -hmm. and I believed in you. Uh, so you know. Friendships are, are important. The the histories that we are we're talking about, that Dixon's talking about are important, but mm -hmm. I, I think legacies are important too. And you are making an incredible legacy uh, that I hope you're as proud of as I am. Wow. Well, that's, that, that's great. That's great, man. I appreciate that. I genuinely do. And oh, by the way, over there to your left side is a, uh, is a Fran, is a Fran Betters uh, 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 rod, fishing rod that we broke out last night. Yeah beautiful thing yeah and uh, you guys you guys are both fly fishermen i'm a fly fisherman you actually have been catching trout you caught one last night mm -hmm. you know these little elk river up here it's just a tiny little thing um but uh you know i wish you guys uh all the luck in the world on your adventure after we after you leave camp here i'm gonna roll back down to florida i've been up here for like three weeks and it's it's time for me to leave the ticks and the mosquitoes and the deer flies behind for a while um, and get back to my family and the, the the regularly scheduled film show. But for all the the great pe people out there listening, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, you know, we got uh, two uh, two of the finest Americans I know with me in the airstream here at Camp Hackett, and uh, we appreciate your time and your continued support. Uh, check us out on the web at wwiaf.org and get involved in honor connect and heal have a great night
To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.